Check, 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 check. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to In Killing Color. This is episode number 38. And today we're going to talk about a case that was actually, like all of them, disgusting. But this one was a little bit more so because it came... I'm not going to tell you why. But this is episode number 38. And today we are going to talk about the tragic, tragic story of a 10-year-old girl named Imani Moss. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard about this story. You probably have. But if you haven't, by the end of this episode, you will know all about what happened to little Imani. Let's get to it. These are their stories. So, you know, when you're a 10-year-old kid, you just kind of think that you just will go to school, live your life, live with your parents, and just, you know, do a bunch of nothing because you're an actual child. Now, Imani Moss, she was 10 years old, and she was a really, really bright, just fun little girl. She liked cooking, she liked reading, and she liked doing ballet. So, that all sounds like a pretty fun life, but for Imani, her life was everything but that. In her life, all she knew was pain, anger, rage, and all these things coming from people that she would never expected that to come from. She was definitely just an innocent, defenseless child, and she tried everything she could to escape her stepmother, stepmother abuse. Yeah, at the hands of a bitch that had nothing to do with her life in the first place. And then we're going to also talk about my favorite story, CPS and their bullshit because they didn't do what they were supposed to do either because they never fucking did. Right. We've talked about this enough. So not only did CPS fail her, the police did too. And at the top of that list is her piece of shit ass father because he's also to blame. On October 31st of 2013, Amani's 32-pound body was found stuffed in a trash can she had been starved to death and she was burned so that's where we're going with this story so we're just gonna go back a little bit and fill you in on the other stuff then we'll get back to that because yeah so she was born to a drug addicted mom and she was who was beaten by her dad her dad's name was iman so that's where we got imani from iman would beat imani's mama in front of her and it was just something that she had just got used to which is sad but that was her life so shortly after Imani's birth her mom gave up all her rights and was like I just can't do that and not only did she do that for Imani but she did it for the other five kids as well so she was like ah being a mama is not for me and I guess being on drugs and shit she might have made the right decision but hindsight is 20 because maybe she didn't because Imani ended up going to her dad Iman even though he had charges of battery domestic abuse second degree child cruelty Iman still got sole custody of Imani so as a single dad Iman took her to church I feel like that was some bullshit because you a piece of shit 
abuser. Let's just go to church with the rest of the abusers. We're not talking about church right now. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about church right now. Anyway, uh, at church, this is where Iman met a lady named Tiffany, who was a preschool teacher. Tiffany sounds like she was pretty cool. Nice little name. Tiffany. All right. Mm, the bitch was actually the devil. She really was. Um, they got married in 2009 and they had two other kids together. And at that point, that was when Imani started seeing and noticing that Tiffany was not the loving stepmother, preschool teacher that she hoped she would be. Now, Tiffany treated her two children she had with Iman very well. She would feed them well, dress them well, take them out, let them be seen. But she did not do the same for Imani. She treated Imani like Imani was nothing. And I read somewhere that it's something, the it's called like the Cinderella, Cinderella effect or Cinderella syndrome, where it's like the stepmom abuses the kids of the people. They're not biological. You get what I'm saying? Like, we'll get into that another day because I'm not getting into it right now. But you can look that up and that's what it is. So said that, you know, Tiffany always abused her. And she would beat her up over like little shit, like hair being out of place, whatever, whatever. She would go to school all the times with scabs, belt marks, bruises and stuff, just like all over her body. It was terrible. So in around 2010, when Imani was six, she went to the school nurse and told the school nurse that her stepmom had beat her with a curtain rod. The nurse started looking at Imani and she found all type of injuries on her back her chest her legs her shoulders all these types of things and the school called the police tiffany was arrested and charged with first degree child cruelty tiffany admitted to abusing imani claiming that she hit imani because she failed to complete her homework i mean i'm all for you need to get your grade but i don't feel like you need to be abusing <laughs> Tiffany, anyway, that's enough about that shit. So she pled guilty. And since this was her first event offense, she got a plea deal that consisted of five years of probation and mandatory parenting classes. She didn't have a problem being a parent to her own fucking kids. She had a problem with Imani and Iman should have saw that and removed Imani from the situation. That child, people just don't be thinking sometimes. Or they just don't give a fuck. It's one of the two. You don't think or you don't give a fuck. I don't really know. So after she got in trouble with the cops, Tiffany was no longer allowed to be a teacher. So, of course, that's not going to stop her from abusing Imani because that was actually the, just the beginning. Like, I lost my job. I got something for you. And that's kind of what she did. So after Tiffany's arrest, Imani was actually removed from the home and was placed in custody with her grandmother. And while Imani was with her grandmother, she was doing everything she was supposed to do. She was living great. Her grades went up. She looked happier. She was just a regular, you know, just happy kid. And then after six months, Iman, the dad, goes back to court to get custody. And the Georgia Division of Family and Children's Services gave Imani back to her dad and Tiffany. Y'all know how I feel about CPS and the cops when it comes to kids. Y'all took that baby from the grandma and gave it back to an abuser, two abusers, on record abusers. 
charged and tried abusers and you gave them back. All right. So at that point, like I said a little bit ago, once Imani came back and Tiffany could work at the school, that's when everything just kind of like spiraled and got way worse. So between 2011 and 2013, the Moss family had relocated a couple times within Georgia and Imani's grandmother wasn't allowed to see her. So the mom, the grandmother goes back and tries to get custody because she knows she knows what was going on. She was trying to get custody, but she was never able to get, you know, custody of poor little Imani. Now she reported stuff to the, um, back to, I don't, I don't know, like defects. That's what it's called here, but I'm just gonna say defects because I don't feel like going through all that because you know me. It's lazy, okay? Um, they said that Tiffany and mom were still abusing her. She was not, still not taken from the home. They could never, they came and did like home visits, but they could never see her because they would always say, oh, she's not there. She's not here. So they were coming to do welfare checks, but they could never actually get a proper welfare check because they would never let the people actually physically see Imani. Because they knew if they saw her, she would have probably been taken out the house. So, in 2012, Imani was nine years old. She said, fuck all this shit, and she ran away from home. She told an officer about the abuse, and then here comes Imani and Tiffany again. They told the police that Imani was lying. She ran away from home because she didn't get her way, and guess what the police did? Took Imani back home again. It's giving, I'm tired. I can't even, like, I, this little girl was literally running for her fucking life. And y'all are just, here you go. You can go right back to school. It's your mama. It's your daddy and your stepmom. Absolutely not. So the night when she got home, everything was still just no bueno. So within that same year, Tiffany would beat Imani with a belt. All these things, she left her and she tied her up in a shower. Just did all of these things to this poor little baby. And then Imani, again, was fed the fuck up. And she ran away again. Imani said, I am actually kind of fed up. Imani ran away again. A police officer found her sleeping in the bushes. She told the police officer that she ran away because her stepmom was mean and she was hurting her. The officer did what we thought he would do. Picked her up took her back home but never said anything about what she said to office of family and child services so that officer was at fault as well there's lots of there's a list of people who are at fault here this is a list and obviously they're not going to give these cops names because y'all will be in trouble too because i've seen it in lots of cases you get caught you get caught you in trouble you in trouble all y'all in trouble because you didn't do what you're supposed to do so after that, nobody ever followed up, ever. So we're going to fast forward to May of 2013. Iman and Tiffany, they took the three kids and they visited uh, Iman's sister for and his mom for Mother's Day. So his sister and the grandma noticed that there was something wrong. Imani was very, like, withdrawn and timid. Her hair had, like, she had this weird fucking haircut, like, because she used to wear, like, ponytails. They had, like, some weird fucking haircut, so it was giving she probably cut her hair off or something and she said that tiffany was like well if you act ugly you need to look ugly so hence the awkward haircut hence all these things 
And then that Mother's Day was the very last time that um, Iman's sister and grandma ever saw Imani again. They took their kids after that and moved to Lawrenceville, Georgia. And now Imani was absolutely by herself because there was nobody there. So now they took her out of school when they got there. So she's in the, I think she would have been in the fourth or fifth grade at this point. They took her out of school and nobody ever saw anybody with that family except for Iman, Tiffany, and their two biological kids. There was never Imani. Nobody even knew. Nobody in the neighborhood even knew that there was a third child in that house. Because they never saw her. Because they never let her outside. They basically left her on the side to fend for herself. At 10. Like, <laughs> what? Okay. Now, Iman... He was never really at home because he worked two jobs. So the only time he was at home, he was asleep. If he wasn't asleep, he was at work and that's it. So that's when Tiffany had all this time to do all this stuff. So he would leave for work at about six in the morning and then he would come home and leave at 6 p.m. and go to his second job. And right around that time, this was in May, that's when Tiffany started starving Imani. Imani was basically forced to stay inside of her room. She was constantly beaten and she just wouldn't feed her tiffany would open the door and like bake cookies and shit and food for the other kids she would make imani watch and not give her any of it so you see their si the siblings sitting there eating eating cookies being treated nicely and imani had to sit on her bed and suffer through hunger pains while everybody else ate and had cookies and just whatever Eventually, Imani's hunger pains turned into severe fatigue. So once you're basically starving to death, your body starts to eat itself from the inside out because it takes that fat and tries to converge, converge, convert, <laughs> convert the fat into some sort of sustenance because you're not getting anything. So she got fatigued. She could barely walk, talk or move. And at that point, they were leaving her in the bed, so she was forced to go to the bathroom in the bed, too. So imagine she had sores, just the smell, just everything is just awful. And it's just like, nobody gives a shit. Her daddy don't give a shit. Her siblings don't, they damn sure don't give a shit. They like, eh, well, ain't me. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, on October the 24th of 2013, after a few weeks of being starved, basically, Imani had a seizure. Tiffany was at home, but she didn't call. She didn't call anybody for help. She just let the little girl have a seizure by herself. So, Iman, the dad, came home and he found Imani laying in the bathroom. Her eyes were like rolled in the back of her head and she was shaking. So, then Iman took her, put her on the bed... And left her on the bed for four days. Mid-seizure. Just put her back on the bed and left her there. Closed the door and went on about his business. So on October the 28th, Tiffany called Iman at work and said, Hey, Imani's dead. Just like flat out, hey, she did. So he came home from work and Iman found her laying on her bedroom floor, wrapped in a blanket. Iman told the court during their trial that he wanted to call the police, 
But Tiffany said she wouldn't let him because she feared that if she got clocked again for something like this, they were going to take her kids. So she was very pressed about losing her own kids, all while abusing and starving his other kids. So she convinced Iman to hide Imani's body instead. So never mind, you know, at this point, you can't put nothing past Tiffany and Imani. At this point, they don't give a rat's ass about nobody but themselves and them kids. Well, shit, you might as well, you might as well hit it. (laughs) You might as well. Didn't nobody even know the little girl existed anyway in Lawrenceville. I guess that's makes sense to y'all, right? Makes sense to y'all. So over the next couple of days, Tiffany and Imani just kind of went back, Iman, excuse me, Went back to living their lives as usual, all while their, her daughter, his daughter, lay decomposing, literally decomposing in the other room. Like, she was just, she was just in the room. They just closed the door and left it. They just closed the door, left the little baby girl in there, and was like, I'm going to close the door. We'll figure it out later. A baby. A 10-year-old baby. Okay. So, after about several more days, so it was about a week... Several is three. It was already three. It's giving seven days. Math be mathing because you know we like our math to math on here. About a seven days. Iman goes to a linen store and he buys some new sheets for Imani's bed. The exact same sheets that she was already wrapped up in. You know, you got to keep things in order. The same sheets. He then purchased a large trash can, some garbage bags, lighter fluid, and charcoal. The couple then said that they were going to report Imani as a runaway. Since she did have a history of running off, they were just going to say, I don't know. She ran off. And to be quite honest, I'm not even going to hold you. And it might sound crass, but guess what? It's my show. They what? The idea was not bad because they knew she had a history of these things. They knew nobody would come looking for her. They knew what shit going to happen. So, the plan was planning. Sorry. But it wasn't planning enough. <laughs> okay. So, on Halloween of 2013, Iman and Tiffany compressed Imani's body with duct tape and stuffed her inside of a large garbage bag. They placed the garbage bag inside of a trash can and put the trash can in their car. Tiffany and Iman woke up the other kids... Put them kids in the same car and went in search of a place to burn Imani's body. So you're just making this a whole fucking family affair at this point. Let me take the kids too because they probably want to see this. Girl, (laughs) excuse me? So once they did find a secluded location, Iman and Tiffany took Imani's body covered it with lighter fluid and set it on fire they stood there and watched their daughter's body burn for five minutes now hello everybody put on your thinking caps because when you burn a body in a tin with lighter fluid and a match guess what nothing's gonna happen It's going to char the skin, but those bones are still going to be there because the temperature is not hot enough to cremate because those temperatures have to be 
ridiculous. And you're not going to get that amount of heat from a lighter and some water fluid. You're not going to get it. So when they realized that that would not burn down to ashes, guess what they did, y'all? <sighs> they took her burnt body, put it back in the fucking car, and went home. Went home. Went to bed. Went to sleep. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Iman takes the same car with the same burnt body and goes where to work so when he gets to work this is when Iman starts to feel bad he's like damn this is a lot going on so now he finally has a change of heart so he tells a co-worker co-worker is like child immediate hello officer there's there's the body i don't know that's what he said come it's t.s madison get come immediately so when he got home from work at 4 a.m he decides to call the cops then nobody called at work the co-worker did not call co-worker did not call Left that baby in the trunk. Went on home. Completed his whole shift. So at 4 a.m. he decides, let me call the cops. By the time the cops got there, Tiffany and her two kids was gone with the wind. They got up out of there. They was gone. Iman told the authorities that Imani had died after drinking a chemical. However... You could see the abuse all over her body. Not to mention, she was burnt up and compressed in a bag with tape. That just didn't happen from drinking a chemical. If so, that chemical needs to go to modern warfare because it's something new. So at that point, Iman was, of course, arrested and he was charged with felony murder and the concealment of a death. He also should be charged with um abuse of a corpse but i don't know that's what it sounds like to me because she was dead and they put it back in the trunk and he was riding around with it it's giving it's giving lots of not anyway <laughs> so this was in 2013 correct now tiffany takes her two kids takes them to her mom's house and then she shortly after then turned herself in as well. Because at this point, Molly, <laughs> you in danger, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make sure y'all look for my next show coming out very soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So here we go. 2015, Iman pled guilty. He claimed that he didn't know that Tiffany was starving Imani because he was always at work, which could be plausible. Because he was always at work. He never could see how thin she was. He probably couldn't see how thin she was because she was always in the room with the fucking door closed. And y'all didn't give a fuck. You saw how thin she was when she was on that bathroom floor and you picked her up and put her back in the room and closed the door after she had a seizure. You did see. So stop lying, Iman. Stop lying. So. Here comes the trial. Iman's on the stand. Uh, 
going very 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 sad but tiffany said bitch i'm gonna represent myself <laughs> tiffany said i'm gonna represent myself so she did that she didn't call any witnesses she didn't make any opening or closing statements there was 18 witnesses called on by the prosecution including iman's gr the grandmother the sister imani's teacher and the medical examiner all the people who were looking out for this little girl all those people got charged so on april 29th 2019 tiffany of course was found guilty on six counts one count of malice murder two counts of felony murder two counts of child cruelty and one count of concealing a death she was then sentenced to death by lethal injection she is currently the only female inmate on death row in georgia but here's the gag i was on tiktok a couple of weeks ago and i looked for some reason i just i just saw the name tiffany moss and i was like that name sounds familiar this was before i actually decided that i wanted to do this case and they showed the day that she was um given her sentence so the judge was like reading it he was like yeah you know all the legal jargon i don't know it don't recognize it can tell you what he said blah 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 blah, blah. Mur death lethal injection camera pans over to tiffany she sat there nothing no reaction nothing they handed her a paper that had the judgment on it she looked at the paper shook her head yes and handed the paper back said nothing no remorse no discourse i just feel like saying discourse but um nothing it was nothing she doesn't really she didn't give a fuck the family wants that bitch to sit in jail and rot they want her to live with what she did every day but judging by her reaction she wouldn't have gave a fuck she wouldn't have gave a fuck two three four fucks she don't care but they said that they still did get justice because the dad's behind bars he got life he didn't get death he got life no parole possibility she's going to die at some point don't know when you know how death row be so that was 2019 she might die in 2050 i don't know i don't know we might not even be around no more when she die shit she might not even make it to death row to die who knows she's on it though now after all these things there was lots of uh reform done around the way because how was the ball dropped so many times in this little girl's case why was she continually giving back to people who have a full record of abuse not even on somebody else on the same baby and you kept giving her back the grandmother for sure sued defects or whatever they're called down there she sued them because they should have been able to stop this a long time ago and they didn't so now tiffany's mama said i'm i'm not keeping these goddamn kids so them kids was put up put up for adoption get to foster care off you go somebody did end up adopting them and they're living and thriving and having a great life they're probably not okay because 
the minute somebody reminds them and they see these case files because they are public and find out they was in the car with their dead sister's body, it's giving spiral, 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 spiral downhill. Now, even when you listen to this story, we also forget that Imani actually had five other siblings as well. So we don't know what they got going on. Shit, they might not even know Imani, really. Because if she gave him up when she was little bitty, they probably don't know her either. I don't know if all them kids were Iman's or if it was just Imani. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I don't care. This is a very sad story and a terrible way for a 10-year-old girl to know nothing in life but stress, anger, pain, starvation. Starvation. Listen, I ain't ate all day and my stomach is on my back, okay? So just imagine, I'm an adult. So just imagine a child. They be hungry every five minutes. Kids want something to eat every minute. I need a snack. I need a snack. I need a snack. Tiffany did not. It was not giving snacks. And that's an awful, that's a terrible Kind of reminds me of that um, Sierra Day case. The way she did baby Anaya. Same fucking way. Same way. And these hoes are sitting up in the court like they didn't do shit wrong. And they don't give a fuck. You hate to see it. Hopefully, Imani has some sort of peace in her life. Now. Wherever. Surely she's up yonder. Because she didn't do nothing not to be there. I don't know. But Tiffany, any mind, y'all can go to hell immediately. I might write them a letter and be like, go to hell. And write like a year's worth of letters and just send one and just like get a letter every day. Go to hell, bitch. Go to hell. Every day she opened it. Go to hell. <laughs> it's giving torture by mail. Go to hell, bitch. Every day. <laughs> anyway, y'all. <laughs> Y'all know me, like y'all know I don't be meaning to like laugh and bring stuff like this, but it's just, that's the only way I can, that's the only way I deal with it. And that's why y'all still are here and y'all are a part of the Unalive tribe because y'all might do the same thing. I don't know if you don't. I done told you many times what you can do. Peace out. <laughs> anyway, make sure you follow me on all social media at In Killing Color. Make sure you listen to me on dystopia or wherever you get your podcasts from check my show notes because then you'll see all of my themes down there where you can follow me and find me and you can email me case requests if you want to okay talk to y'all next time bye